0: When you're halfway through building a new home or renovating one and the builder goes bust, it's devastating for everyone involved. And more and more people are finding themselves exactly in that position, with building company insolvencies at the highest level in almost a decade. Today, business reporter Michael Yander on what the crisis in the industry says about the wider economy and where we're heading next. Michael, building companies are really feeling the pressure right now, aren't they? It's become a pretty tough time for a lot of them. It's a, a tough sector to be in right now.
1: Yeah, look, it's the toughest time in the building sector that many people in the industry say they've ever seen. The ruins of another collapsed building company. Tasmanian company multi-res builders crashed, leaving behind a trail of multi-million dollar projects. Serenity becomes stagnation. PBS building on Tuesday became the latest in a string of high profile insolvencies.
0: With two and a half thousand companies collapsing over the past two years, two thirds of them in the past ten months. Industry leaders fear it's
1: When you look at it, insolvencies over the first nine months of the financial year are at their highest level in about seven years. That's second only to hospitality, mm. which is always a very risky business to be in. And it, of course, affects a lot more people than the owners of the construction business. It affects the people who have contracts with them. And, of course, mm. hundreds and thousands of subcontractors around the country who are working for affected companies and potentially not getting paid.
0: Yeah, what a nightmare for people. If you're halfway through building a home or renovating a home and the building company goes bust, you just just left with it half finished. It must be really difficult for the people in that position at the moment.
1: Yeah, the personal cost is enormous for those customers who are left in the lurch with an incomplete home. Mm. Uh, Donna Taylor, she's from San Remo in Victoria. She was left with the rotting timber frame on her house after her builder, Langford Jones, collapsed in June last year.
0: It's massive. It's heartbreaking. The first quote I've already had,
1: I'll be out of pocket $180,000 just to finish the build. It's just devastating. It's just wrecked my life. The company owed more than $20 million to 400 creditors. There's so many more people that are like me that it's just ruined and just feel like there's just no justice. And when these building companies, you know, do go under, they have a huge flow-on effect.
0: For more than two decades, home builder Porter Davis has been selling the housing dream, but it's become the latest building nightmare. The high-profile company has We're
1: talking, in the case of Porter Davis alone, about 1,700 unfinished homes mm. and nearly 800 further projects that were under contract but where construction hadn't begun. Oh, gosh. The company had nearly 500 employees many of whom were made redundant as soon as it entered into administration.
0: Gosh, yeah. Okay, so Michael, let's just step back for a moment because this is all, in a sense, a bit of a shock because up until recently, lots of people were really, really keen to get builders in to renovate their homes or build new homes. Things were really good.
1: Yeah, and it was a a real stimulus success story at the time.
0: The federal government has unveiled the details of its new $688 million home builder package, designed to keep the construction industry hammering along.
1: But then you get the hangover, as we've seen with most stimulus programs. It was driven by low interest rates, which was one form of stimulus, but of course the home builder program from the federal government that gave grants of up to $25,000 for substantial renovations or complete new builds.
0: Today's announcement is designed to get our tradies back to work.
1: The home builder program has been an enormous success, 120,000 applications, some $2.7 billion being invested to generate, as the master builders say, $39 billion in additional investment in residential construction. It saw a massive boom. I mean, people love getting free money or they think of it as free money from the government. Ironically, most of the people who took up those grants have probably ended up paying well over $25,000 more due to all of the increased costs that have come through from all the demand. Yes, and of course, all that demand came through at a time when we had COVID disruptions to supply chains, uh, so builders couldn't get the materials they wanted. And we've also had heavy rain on the east coast of Australia last year, uh, you know, which, again, put a lot of building sites out of action. And all these factors have uh, added up, and that's pushed costs up, and uh, delays uh, have just blown out on getting jobs finished.
0: Yeah, so that home builder grant, that stimulus package that the Morrison government put in place, it did or it was credited for saving the ha- housing industry during the pandemic, but there's a complicated picture to be painted there. So there was a bit of a boom, I suppose. Builders had more work because of the stimulus, but as you say, they were paying more for the goods coming in. But this looks like a bust now.
1: Yeah, well, look, we had a 40 to 50% increase in residential detached housing work. Um, And that was largely thanks to those low interest rates and the home builder boom. Mm -hmm. We've now seen a 40% drop off in new home sales. So the problem with the home builder program was that it boosted demand at a time when there wasn't the capacity to meet that demand with the supply. Mm. Uh, It's been one of the biggest, if not the biggest, single contributor to the consumer price index, which has seen interest rates go up, which is again contributing to the bust in construction we're seeing now. And not only that, the way HomeBuilder was designed, there was a very limited time frame to get projects up. And what it's done is essentially brought forward the decisions of those people to get that work done then, rather than over the next few years. So, in a way, HomeBuilder itself was designed to generate the bust that the construction sector is seeing now because all the people who were planning to renovate over the next four or five years suddenly went, oh, free money, I'll do it now. And then also it sparked a lot of the inflation that's seen rates rise. Rates rise, construction demand goes down a lot.
0: Sounds like we might have been better off without it, without that stimulus. <laughs>
1: Well, it's a, hindsight is a wonderful thing, um, and at the yes. time things were looking very dire. And As it turned out, things weren't quite as bad as what everyone was fearing. A bit like in the 2008 global financial crisis where the federal government's stimulus was criticised for being excessive, you could argue the COVID pandemic stimulus faces a similar criticism but on steroids uh, mm. because it was that much larger.
0: Let's just look at the builders again, because they were in a tricky position, of course, during the pandemic, but also it's just the way they operate that actually makes things quite difficult for them, doesn't it? When it gets financially tough, when the economy goes into a bit of a dive.
1: That's right. Uh, And it's because of this fixed price contracting. So when, unlike most goods and services, where if you've got a long-term service provision and that company that's providing you the service, their costs go up. They can usually pass it on in building the practices to lock in the cost of the job at the beginning so that you know what you're signing up for, which is great in normal circumstances. But the builders have seen their costs go up, you know, just over the past year, building materials costs went up more than 14% on average, even doubled in price for some things. And labour has also become more expensive because of the worker shortages. So while wages growth across the economy is, you know, three and a half, three point seven 3.7%, uh, the cost of getting tradies has gone up more than 9% over the past year.
0: Yeah. And I can see that some people have sort of dubbed this, this time as a profitless boom for the industry. And that there's this term zombie companies, that there's there were these companies out there that really should have already been insolvent.
1: That's right. We had, during the pandemic, uh, a relaxation of normal insolvency laws that quite rightly allowed businesses that were stuck in very unusual circumstances, forced by the government, in many cases not to operate or not to operate normally uh, that protected them from being pushed into insolvency and having to wind up the company. Well now that's all been unwound and the other big one is that the, the tax office wasn't actively pursuing debts during the COVID period and uh, it's now owed something like 60 billion dollars and a large part of that is from small and medium enterprises and now the ATO is gradually starting to chase those debts and those are often Mm. the trigger that push a business over the line into insolvency.
0: Okay so some builders we know are doing it really tough right now but Michael what does that say about our wider economy? What does it mean?
1: In the immediate sense, the construction industry is kind of a unique case because of everything we've just discussed. But that's not to say that there won't be other industries getting into trouble. Hospitality has enjoyed quite a boom since COVID lockdowns ended, but with 11 interest rate rises with the cash rate at 3.85%, people are starting to run out of cash. And uh, all the indications are that consumer demand is dropping and dropping quite quickly. The first place to be hit has been retail, particularly all the household and electronic goods we bought during the COVID lockdowns, which we don't need to buy again. But the next place people are going to cut back is going out, hospitality, and we might start seeing the insolvencies, which are traditionally very high in that sector, uh, rise higher still.
0: Yeah, well, let's hope not. I can see that sharp downturns in the housing construction were features of the initial stages of recessions in the early 80s and the 90s. So I'm hoping that this is not a sign of where we're heading. We're not heading in that direction, are we, Michael? (laughs)
1: Uh, Look, it's very hard to raise interest rates from near zero to nearly 4%, and many economists think they'll get above 4% without doing a lot of damage to demand. Uh, So we really are on a narrow path to avoid recession, and it could be just that the construction industry is the first sector to feel that. On the other hand, for that particular industry, it might be one of the first ones to to get out of its problems because we're seeing such strong population growth, such a housing shortage, huge increases in rents, and at some point uh, we're simply going to have to build more homes for people to live in. Uh, So in the medium term for the construction firms that can survive this difficult period, uh, they may actually see a brighter future over the next few years.
0: Michael Yander is the ABC's online business reporter. You may have seen that PwC has ordered nine partners to take leave immediately as it deals with the fallout from the tax leak scandal. We covered how PwC leaked Australian tax secrets to multinationals on May the 17th. That's in your feed. This episode was produced by Veronica App App, Flint Ducksfield And Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Cawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.